0: What's up military millionaires? Today's episode is going to be a lot of fun. This is my friend Vince Gethings from Hawaii and he and I have been investing about the same amount of time and we met in Hawaii pretty when well, we were both pretty new investors and I remember telling him that he was going to be very successful because he was very systematic and now he's got over 200 units. I've had him on the show before with his team Tri-C- Tri-City Equity but I wanted to bring him back on his own so that he and I could chat because he's very deep into personal finance and uh, also personal development and he has some really cool ways to make the property value on commercial properties go up in value and he's done a very good job and so this is just a fun interview where we're kind of reminiscing while also talking personal finance personal development and goals for young service members as well as how to make multifamilies go up in value very quickly so lots of fun lots of value and I hope you enjoy this because Vince is just an awesome dude. (laughs) Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle one, you're cleared to bar friendly lines. Run. Right. Major Vic One, Oscar Mike. What's up, military millionaires? I am your host, Dave Bray, and I'm here with Vince Gethings, my friend from Hawaii. You have seen him on the show before, but we're going to do a solo episode today where we're really just going to kind of talk about life and personal development and what's going on for us because we're in somewhat similar situations where we're both exiting the military in the next year to go kind of looking reserves, looking Skillbridge, looking at some options. And a lot of that's due to real estate or most of that or all of that. Yeah. So uh, Vince and I got to know each other in Hawaii and we'd hang out there a decent amount and I always remember thinking that Vince was smart and systematic and and more systematic than I was and would be successful. And so it's really cool to see that that's exactly what's happening. And uh, yeah, so I thought it'd be fun to bring him on the show. We're going to talk some some personal development today and what real estate's allowed us to be able to do and some of the cool stuff he's got going on in the future. Uh, so Vince, for those of you who, who may not have heard your full story before, you want to just kind of run through a little bit about you?
1: Yep, thanks for having me on, uh, David. So me active duty air force uh 15 years next month in um doesn't seem like that but uh yeah about 15 uh, years in and I'm doing the the unthinkable especially for an airman is getting out at 15 years when you're so close to that 20 year mark yeah um like i said it's pretty much unthinkable in in, in you know the the air force to do something like that but uh it's what's right for me it's, what, it's what's right for my family and, and you know the air force i think as well and maybe we'll dive into that but um, yeah, so I started, I've always been in like financially, uh, savvy, I guess, um, always had great saving techniques, uh, was pretty, um, uh, frugal as an airman. So I always had high savings rate, things like that. I always dumped a bunch of money into TSP. Um, and then you get a little bit older, you develop things like stocks, uh, start getting into like, uh, value investing, things like that. Um, uh, day trading, swing trading, and then long-term holds, uh, then get into ETFs. And as you know, when you get deployed uh or TDY, um, that's usually the preferred method for investing for military people. Um, because it's accessible and it's easy and it's kind of fun, especially swing trading, day trading. Um, did that for a few years. I got I, I think I got uh okay. I got dangerous at it a little bit. Um then I got burned a couple of times and then once I realized why I got burned, um, you know, I realized it was uh, how much little control people have when they're dealing with paper um, or, or dealing with Wall Street. And it doesn't matter how much homework you do, it doesn't matter how much, you know, uh, research you do, you, you literally have no control um, in terms of uh, what a company actually does, what a CEO or a CFO or whatever the board uh, of a company actually does. So um, at that point, and that was around 2000 and I don't know, 14, somewhere around there. I was just uh, having that epiphany and realizing I needed an alternative uh, vehicle to to keep going with my investing, my portfolio. I uh, started getting into real estate, did the whole rich dad, poor dad thing, did the whole bigger pockets thing, read all Brandon Turner's books. You can kind of see them over my head, you know, all that. Um, sold. I, at the same time, uh, right around this 2014, I was coming out of a burr. So I, I, VA House hacked my first house in the Bay Area, California. Um, walked away with a check uh, tax-free 130000 And again, right there, I had the, the powder keg full and went in full into real estate. Um, bought 20 units in 18 months, uh, all small multifamilies, because that's all I knew. So duplexes, uh, quads, and things like that. Um, liquidated all my brokerage accounts and took every, every cent I had out of the stock market and then went full into real estate. Uh, then I hit a wall, um, both mentally and capital Is that a word? <laughs> capitally? Yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> I ran out of money and ran out of bandwidth, uh, at the same time that was around, uh, October, 2018 ish. Uh, and I knew, and I was seeing these guys like, um, you know, these other rock stars, that, similar to my age, just, just absolutely crushing it and not slowing down. So I knew there was something I was missing uh, in my commercial real estate education. Um, so I was smart enough to realize I didn't know everything and that other people did. So I went out and, and you know opened the books again um, after kind of just working for 18 months, um, found out that there's a whole other world of large multifamily um, that opened a lot more doors. And got into, uh, after, you know, looking at a couple of those coaching groups, mentor groups, um, picked one and that was again, uh, fall of 2018. Um, I, I made the absolute right choice and the the group I wanted to go with, uh, went, went through their, uh, their mastermind, their education, everything like that. Uh, by January of 2019, uh, we were under contract. My new form newly formed group was a uh, team was under contract on a 52 unit. Uh, so I went from, you know, to me 18 months to get to 20 units. And then I went to 70 units in six months after joining a higher level, uh, group, got around a new, new set, new circle, um, that forced me to grow and forced me to, you know, educate myself and think, think bigger, uh, closed that 52 unit, uh, manage that one. Um, about a year later, we got a 48 unit that we closed, in the middle of COVID, Uh, so April 15, 2020, we closed the 48 unit, our first syndication, um, and that is absolutely crushing it. Uh, Like we were talking before the show, uh, we're already in year two of the pro forma that we are of our business plan um, when we're executing that. So absolutely crushing that deal. And now uh, we have three deals going at the same time. We have a 22 unit, a 62 unit and a 72 unit uh, that we all hope to close um, before the end of year. So absolute exponential growth these last two years. Um, and it looks like we're, we're going to continue on that trajectory and, uh, you know, keep the momentum up as, as we, you know, transition out of the military.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. And, uh, man, what a crazy journey it's been. I remember talking to you when you first took the dive into, I'll say, it, Jake and Gino's uh, coaching program. Um, and I remember you, we talked about it you know, right when you were going in and it was like, oh yeah, that's cool. Um, I don't know that I ever fully anticipated how cool it was for you. Like I knew you, you've always been up to big things, but you tell me, talk to me a little bit about maybe not necessarily their coaching program, but just in general, like what were some of the things that you think helped you the most about getting into a coaching program? Like, are there, was it the instruction? Was it the people? Was it like, is the accommodation? Like what was it that made that so explosive for you? <laughs>
1: The, the, well, first the in, instruction. So uh, the education was um, really top notch. I don't know about the other ones because uh, I haven't done them. But the education platform there was absolutely, uh, you know, world class. Uh, definitely gave you know everything I needed to do to scale um, and and miss a whole lot of uh, potholes and mistakes that I probably would have made. Uh, so that was great. But then now, as once you get through the you know the curriculum. Um, usually like four to six months in that's where like the group, uh, so you have like the, you know, your coaches and, uh, the, the mastermind groups and just the community in general, that's where that really starts to like, start, you know, bolstering you up, uh, to give you that energy and give you that, uh, that circle to just bounce, you know, ideas off of and, and, you know, find partnerships, find deals, just solve problems, um, throughout uh, within the community. And that's, uh is absolutely, you know, fundamental to the, our latest, you know, success round of success here is the actual just community itself. Not so much the education bit, um, but the ongoing support of the community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Being able to ask a question and, because the reality is like all the education in the world isn't going to cover every circumstance, but if you're around enough people, somebody's seen that problem before and already been through it. And so if you can crowdsource ideas like that, um, well, well like that, you-,
1: and you can also get um, like perspective, say I, I got a problem with, you know, XYZ issue, right? You're going to get 20 different perspectives from operators or, or um, investors that have seen similar issues and you can see how they handled it. So you're not just going to get like one, like this is the only way type thing. It's going to be, you know, very high level people giving you their, their perspective of how they, they would have handled that. So you can sit there, digest it and figure out what the best course of action, but you're getting absolute gold as far as, um, you know, knowledge and insight from people that are just absolutely crushing it in
0: their own businesses. Yeah. And well, and that's, I mean, that's powerful about any, any group for sure is being able to crowdsource because sometimes you like the idea might be right in front of your face and you just like, you know, it fundamentally, you just don't like, it doesn't, you don't think about it or something's, prime example, last time we were on a call, I don't remember if it was when we did your podcast or my podcast, but we were talking about my 10 unit, the expenses, right? And, and you mentioned something about uh, water filters. And I was like, hang on, wait, what, like you did, like, you basically saved me 50 to 100 bucks a month on my 10 unit over the last five months, or however long that's been, because I tweaked the filters in the bathrooms and uh, kitchen sink. And there was one other thing um, that I've been debating doing anyway, for a little while, and it was like, I I've know all about cutting expenses. I never thought about the little plug on the freaking spout from a faucet being something that you could tweak. It was like three bucks a piece or something. like I can't remember the numbers, but it cost me like two or 300 bucks to get it all installed. And it saved me more than that in the first like four months. And so it, I was like, man, little things like this that, yeah, you know, simple concepts, but just something I've never even thought about tweaking that little filter piece. And yeah.
1: Get yeah, absolutely. And, and it's people. like that all the time, like, just those little those little things that just keep adding up adding up over time, um, just from being around a, a group that's just completely immersed in this, uh, in this industry. Um, yeah, it's, you, you can't even like put a price on that, just because it just, it adds up so much. Uh, it's pretty
0: amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So you're planning to get out. You're looking to do skill bridge, which I actually have a video coming out, I think, like next week. Good, I need it. Yeah. 26th of October. Oh, tomorrow. So tomorrow, um, <laughs> if you're listening to this in a month, uh, sorry, but yeah, uh, video where I basically wrote a blog post about SkillBridge and, and talking through the program, because that's what I'm looking to do. Like how to find one, how to vet somebody who, you, you know, the fact that you can do it with people who aren't uh, on the approved list of SkillBridge uh, employers, although I'm currently trying to get myself approved to be a SkillBridge employer so I can have an intern or two come work with me, because um, let's face it, my systems suck. Uh, nah, they're not that bad. I'm just I'm too in my business. But um, anyway, so SkillBridge is a phenomenal opportunity, and I'd love to chat with the with you about like some of the things that. Like what made you lean into that idea? I I don't know why enough people don't take advantage of this. So uh, you want to just touch real quickly on what SkillBridge is and why you're looking to do it so that those of us listening can hear it from someone else besides just me.
1: Okay. Yeah, SkillBridge is an absolute phenomenal tool. Um, I think most people don't just, they just don't know about it. Like when I went to TAP or I I don't remember you mentioned your transition program. Um, like they, they, it was like a slide, like a one slide thing. And they just like blew past it. Um, so it just, a lot of people don't really know about this program, but yes, yeah, you get what it is, is you can pick a company and, uh, you can intern or apprentice with them for up to six months, uh, CEO approval. And you leave your, leave your primary duty of whatever you're doing and you go and learn the skills and, and a lot of it's meant to be trying to figure out what skills and experiences you have uh from your active duty service transition like trying to find those pieces um and how those skills that you have and those abilities you have transition to a civilian career field but more of a soft landing like you're not just like your paycheck stops tomorrow you know and they push you out the nest and like go figure it out type of thing so you get out you leave your primary duty and you go work with this company uh, and you can work on those skills um, and build up whatever your new civilian career is going to be, uh, before you actually like cut the cord with the military. So it's like a, a very much a, I don't you want to call it, a parachute or something like that, a, sh- a soft landing, uh, into civilian. So it, I think it's an absolute phenomenal program. Um, I, just in the last year alone, I've seen a lot more applications in the last year than I've had in my whole career. So it's definitely the words getting out
0: slowly. Um, and I think it's an awesome benefit for us. Yeah hundred percent. And it's cool because it doesn't like SkillBridge has a lot of cool opportunities in the program, like listed, like they've got a, you can go do an internship with Microsoft. You can do an internship with a couple of different companies, but, um, you can help, you can even be the, uh, the white house has a spot. It's like the, you work with like customer relations or something like that in like the press room of the white house, like pretty cool. Um, So there's a lot of different opportunities out there, but the cool thing is people look at that list and they might not see anything they want, but you can go and work for somebody else. You don't have to just work for one of those companies. And so, you know, maybe you want to go work with a real estate team in your market to see if you want to be an agent. Well, you can go intern with a brokerage and while you're there, you get, you know, paid by the military still, you're still full-time, you're still full military benefits, um, but you're going to get access to, you know, taking your exam to see if that's something you want to do. You get that experience. Maybe you love it, and then you've got six months of runway to become a great agent. Or maybe you hate it, but you got your license and you still got paid by the military. So it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just think of how much stress that relieves off a, a service member and their family, like as they're coming down to that that separation date, and then they're like, "I got to figure out what I'm going to do the next chapter of my life." And you know, my my lifeline's about to get cut, and I got to figure it out. Um, programs like SkillBridge definitely, like I said, give give you that soft land and give that parachute to like really go and figure out what you want to do and and get proficient at it um, to where you're, you're competitive for a good, you know, good rate, uh, salary or things like that um, before you have to cut that cord uh, with the military. So I I think it's an absolute phenomenal program.
0: Absolutely. All right. Now your personal development nut, kind of like myself. Oh yes. I'm curious if you've been reading anything good or if you've got any good personal development stuff that you've been dabbling in lately. You've always oh, got, I, I know you're, um, oh man, I'm trying to think, was it think and grow rich. It was thinking, grow rich, right? Absolutely. That you bought the super old school copy of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's right there. Right. there is There it yeah, is. I have it still boxed up cause I'm afraid to take it out of the box. <laughs> um, I have to get a, a, a case for it or something like that. Yeah. Autograph 19, whatever, 30 something copy pretty Man. cool. Yeah, it it's was,
0: cool. And it's gonna be worth something someday too. I'm I hope sure, so. I'm
1: sure it already um, is. But. Anyway, yeah, personal development. Um, for me, uh, a lot of it's been working on on myself. So working on, obviously we're talking about personal development, uh, Ryan Holiday. So I've been going back through uh, for my second time, going through the uh, the Ryan Holiday series, that, um, obstacle's Way, is the obstacles away, right ego now. is the enemy and stillness is the key. Um, so I've read them all once I'm going, I bought the box set again. So I did them audible the first time completely, you know, transformed, uh, my, my way of thinking and, and put words to feelings I've had that I couldn't able, uh, wasn't able to explain, um, or, or this, uh, you know, gave, gave, uh, you know, life to this perspective of this vision I've had, you know, for myself and for my family, uh, he's able to articulate those, uh, those thoughts and those feelings, um, so that was really energizing, um, to know that, you know, I'm, I'm I had the right vision, but my, my tactics were a little off. So having Ryan holiday act as the kind of like the, the, those, uh, bumpers and like the little kid bowling that you can, you know, when, when you get off course, you can kind of just redirect, you just keep going back to the, um, the words in those books and, uh, transformational for me. Um, so that's personal development wise. I'm, I'm going back and rereading those. And I have the daily stoic and all that, um, and. Just going through covid and really assessing um like myself uh, like you know this is this has been a big challenge for most families and most people uh so uh definitely glad that i'm not hysterical like a lot of people that i've seen over the last six months i'm like okay i have the you know the mental and intestinal fortitude to still like i didn't get weak right um Oh, yeah. oh, like mentally weak, right? Over, over time, like I can still, you know, stay calm, cool and collected uh, through the fray. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad, I'm, um, you know, I, I still have that, uh, that about me. Um, but for for me personally, going through COVID has definitely just been going back, kind of like back to the basic stuff, and just getting back into my the daily routine, that miracle morning, um, that really propelled me in the beginning, you know, 10 years ago, and that when I started doing those things, like the early morning, journaling the early morning, meditating, um, this, you know, the whole, uh, was it scribes, uh, thing, vision boarding and stuff like that. Um, over the last year, uh, or so I've been so busy, people tend to sacrifice, um, that personal development, that self-care first. Like that's always the first thing on the chopping block. Um, whenever like sleep. people get tasks saturated, yes, yeah, sleep, um, things like that. And, uh, so I, I've recognized that um, about myself is that I've, I haven't been doing those things as religiously as I used to. And those were those behaviors uh, back, you know, four or five years ago that gave me the fuel and, and the uh, the right mindset to excel my business to begin with. So I kind of I recognize that. Um, well, well, these were the behaviors that got me going. Why am I? You know, I, I've noticed I haven't been a. Uh, haven't been doing them. So, uh, definitely trying to take a step back and and re-implement those routines that, you know, that got me going, uh, in, in the first place. So that's what I've been doing.
0: Yeah. And for those of you listening, who might be thinking like, Oh, COVID doesn't make that many people hysterical. Vince is in Hawaii. So (laughs) if you don't know anything about Hawaii's restrictions, they made the rest of us look pretty mild and they stayed closed a lot longer and they've actually had some long-term effects. Actually, uh, curious, I heard that they straight up banned short-term rentals like permanently. Is that, am I mishearing things? If you, I know you're not I, in the short-term space. I'm not but.
1: in the, I'm not really in the Airbnb, but I know just, just by virtue of them stopping tourism. Yes. Yeah, like, you know, we, you know, the last time we talked, we had, I had that Turo company, right? I had those five cars on Turo and I was crushing it at the beginning of 2020. And then, you know, COVID hit and, um, I sat for a little while, I was like, oh, it'll blow over, you know, V-shape recovery, all this stuff. And I was like, it'll be gone by May. Um, and it wasn't. <laughs> and no, you know, I if you've ever been in Hawaii, you know that every 10 seconds a plane's landing, you know, a, a 767's landing, you know, full of tourists, and there's never been a shortage of tourists since it's the lifeblood of this economy. Um, and there hasn't been any planes. Even now, like the the sky's clear, there's no tourists here. So made the decision to sell those cards. Luckily I got out, um, clean, didn't lose any money on those, on those cars. So I bought right. Um, so I could sell right on those, but yeah, Airbnb is, I don't see how people are surviving with, with any kind of those anything hospitality related is absolutely like butcher there. There's things here like, you know, native institutions are, are closing down like Morimoto's, uh, in North shore. Like I saw a a thing, a post that like, you know, they're closing down after 75 years. So it's like, yeah, so it's pretty bad here. And I don't, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, Hawaii economist, but I just don't see how they can shut off billions and billions of dollars of revenue uh, and expect the economy to be fine. Yeah. Case in point, the railroad ran out of money was insolvent and they're doing a hooli hooli chicken sale the side of the road to pay for it that's the brilliant idea so i don't know if you want to cut that out or not but i was like this has to be a joke right oh no like, i'm leaving that that's
0: awesome i mean <laughs> yeah. the chicken don't get me wrong that chicken's delicious
1: but but that was uh, that was the, that I was the plan we'll be- to save an insolvent uh billion multi-billion dollar project was to sell chickens uh barbecue chicken on the side of the road
0: which is a bummer, they need to finish that thing because the moment that thing gets finished, no, any house on Eva Beach is going to be yeah one. no I say I need so to sell my house more. in
1: Kapolei. um yeah,
0: like <laughs> yeah you have that's right. I forgot you used to commute, so that's where I wanted to buy was Eva Kapolei yeah. before uh you know I realized how long that commute was to k Bay with traffic and I was like, yeah, my wife's pregnant, that ain't happening yeah um but I mean that's partially why you moved on to base, right
1: Yes, the, uh yeah, yeah, the commute was um it was good for audible. Uh, Cause yeah. it was like, you know, two hours in the car every day, uh, but it was soul crushing. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we chose to put a renter in that house and move, move on post uh, on base for the last year or so I've, I've,
0: in my career. Yeah. So what's the future look like? What's, uh, uh, what's Vince up to when he, what is, what is driving? Actually, you know what? I'll ask that later. I was going to ask you about what what made you make this decision to exit but we'll, we'll talk oh, okay. about that after. so
1: my vision right uh a huge huge vision huge mindset like i said before you know i'm trying to uh always been one of those big uh like again we talked about thinking grow rich in point hill um huge fan of uh et eric thomas um and, and definitely absolutely 100 believe in um like law of attraction and, and having a vision and you know the universe conspiring to to make it happen for you um I've had too many coincidences to in, in my you know my life over the last ten years to to not give some kind of credence to to those type of things those those activities. So uh, my vision right now is me flying uh, my new plane. Uh, I'm gonna upgrade my my warrior, but uh, my new plane probably Piper uh, Turbo Saratoga, something like that, uh, with my daughter in the co-pilot seat, uh, rest of the family in the back. And we're flying to whatever an Island in the Bahamas for the weekend, uh, to hang out on a, you know, vacation rental for, for a week or two. So, um, that is my vision that I have that pretty much drives me. Um, and I think what most people do when they set goals and they, they set goals and they try to figure out how to achieve them, everything that they start in the wrong place. Um, I always start in a place of that vision of what you want the ideal life to work and then figure out what vehicle and what tools and and habits you need to be, or what kind of person you need to grow into, uh, to make that vision a reality. Um, and to me thinking like that, approaching goals like that, um, has been straight up rocket fuel. Uh, for example, Piper Saratoga, the one I want's about, it's a $300,000 plane, not a cheap investment flying to uh the Bahamas requires certain, you know, ratings that I don't have yet. Um, pilot ratings I don't have yet. Um, you know, getting a a, a private, you know, house for a couple of weeks, probably not cheap. Right. So all of those things have price tags to them. Uh and then so I have this vision in my head, and it's a great vision, right? I actually have it on my vision board. Um and the exercise you do is go, at, look, okay, that's a great vision, very, very you know, grand, uh, now let's go to work and figure out how much that vision costs. So how much is a plane? How much is a, you know, uh, a life where we are traveling the world every, you know, whatever couple months, you know, how much is uh, vacation rentals for a month in the Bahamas, uh, Italy, wherever you start pricing this thing out. How much is like, I, I do things like, uh, how much, you know, I want to eat, uh, you know, a mostly organic diet. So I'm like, okay, well, um, I don't know if anybody's been to whole foods lately, but trying to feed five people at whole foods is not cheap, right? That's, that's a serious consideration. So you price that stuff out and you're like, okay, well, in order to achieve this ideal life, I need whatever it is, uh, $20,000 a month. Boom. Now I have a number and like, okay, how am I going to get $20,000 passive income? I need to find a vehicle to make that happen. And to me, uh, multifamily real estate was the only vehicle, uh, that I could access at the time of my knowledge, uh, to make that vision happen. So now multifamily real estate, okay. How many doors do I need to have in order to have $20,000 in cash flow per month to have this ideal life, to have this vision? Um, and usually, you know, if you do the general rule of thumb, hundred dollars door, okay. I need 200 doors, right. Um, now that's achievable. That's something that I, people can bite on and 200, 200 doors will make that, um, it will make that happen. So that is uh, what my, I'm, my focus is right now. That's the future events is getting to 200 doors uh, as fast as possible uh, so I can have that freedom and achieve that vision that I want for my family.
0: What's up, guys? Today's sponsorship for this episode is going to be me talking about the hard money wreck lender that i recommend the most first and foremost tony is a service member which and a house flipper which is just totally rad and secondly and probably the most important they have some incredible options out there they're a national lender and they'll their minimum loan amount is only seventy five thousand, 000 which is less than a lot of hard money companies out there they will loan up to 75 percent of the after repair value depending on your credit meaning that they will have you only need to put down 10 or 20 percent of the purchase price and they will finance the other 80 to 90 percent and then they will finance 100 percent of the renovation costs and it's interest only for the first year their rates go as low as 7.99 percent interest and they even offer long-term financing and cash out options so they're really good they're very quick they have good customer service and they'll quickly tell you yes or no this works for you this works for us or they'll point you in the right direction and the easiest way to get a hold of them is to go to from military to slash hard money lender. Or if you just go to the resources page, but I'll put a link down below and just fill out that short form. I will personally introduce you to Tony so that you can get in touch and talk to them about financing options. This is a really high quality dude and he's a member of our mastermind and they're just good people and their hard money products are solid. Happy to uh, help connect you guys. And I hope you, you know, I'd love to hear your success stories. Love it. Love it. And um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on the vision thing. For those of you who've been listening for a little while, you know that I I, don't, I didn't, I don't think I sh- shared it in December, but in December I wrote, I put up a vision board with a lot of things on it. And one of them was a conference like, yeah, in like three years, I want to host a real estate conference for military people. Well, that happened in May. So <laughs> like, oh, um, you know, obviously it didn't happen in person in May, but it will next year hopefully. And, uh, you know, so it, yeah, there's definitely some things that because people get so wrapped up in the, well, that's not possible. Well, not if you don't think it's possible. Like the, the goal isn't to sit around and say, Oh, I'm going to be worth a billion dollars. And here's how the goal is to sit around and say like, this is exactly what I want to achieve and just focus on that and opportunities will show up that will help you get to that as long as your focus is there. Um, Ooh, I have a good question for you. After I ask, what made you, like, we got to cover it because I I have been wrestling with this. You have been wrestling with this. This is not an easy decision. What was it that made you think exiting the military was the right option? Ooh, so many layers to that. I know. Uh, And I'm I'm curious, curious. like, I'm still in my head about it sometimes. Yeah, so it's,
1: it's scary even, and I couldn't imagine, like, I'm pretty, pretty set as far as where we're at in our portfolio and our passive income flow. Um, but it is still scary, uh, even after like knowing that I'm not gonna be, you know, homeless in six months. Um and everything in my business is going up. So I couldn't imagine like uh if I didn't have that, how scary it would be. So different layers. One, um I'm uh, as we said earlier, I'm a senior NCO and I absolutely love the Air Force. And I love the I love what I do. Um, I love being a senior NCO and being that leader and that mentor for younger airmen. Um, And yeah, once I realized that my heart wasn't in it, you know, I can almost pinpoint the day that, you know, my heart, my heart's not in this anymore. I I realize I'm uh, just in the way I'm just breathing air. um, And I'm not helping airmen and I'm sitting in somebody's seat that deserves to be there more than me, uh, the moment that that happens. Um, and so making like, being conscious of that day where like, I can almost like, I can picture like the day I you know put on the uniform and like my shoulders just slumped over a little bit. And I was like, that's it. Like, like, I don't, I, it's a, it's a feeling that you can, you can explain, but you just know, like your, your heart's not in this anymore. And then if you're honest with yourself, you realize that it's time for you to hang it up and, and get out of the way because there's, you know, there's E sixes in there in the air force or Z fives that have the fire in them and they have no problem uh, filling your shoes. I know I'm not, you know, my ego is not that big where I know that I'm the only one that can do this job. And, you know, the air force is a loss without me. Um, I know that if I die tomorrow, the air force will be, perfectly fine. And somebody will be cleaning out my desk and putting up their, you know, pictures of their family and their awards and all that stuff, you know, by the end of the week. So, um, so that was, that was one layer is that, you know, I'm not going to be one of the, I'm not going to be a leader in the air force that their heart isn't in the game. Um, because everybody, everybody around you will will see that, that you're just hanging on for the pension. Uh, you're not going to be a leader at that point. You might be a manager, you know, people might you know, do stuff because you have the rank and you have the authority, uh, but they're not going to follow you. Right. They're not going to believe in you. They're not going to trust you. Um, And I didn't want to be one of those senior NCOs. So that, you know, is just, like I said, breathing, just filling a spot breathing air and, you know, just trying to stay alive long enough to get the pension. Um, I'm not doing a service to the air force and the airmen uh, that, you know, I mentor and I, I supervise. So, that was one layer, uh, of it, um, was just getting out of the way, knowing, knowing when it's time and, and getting out of the way. Luckily I have the, you know, the financial independence, um, to be able to make that choice. Cause a lot of people that, that hit that mark and they don't have any choice. So then they just, you know, they, they're forced to stay in the military as long as possible. Um, because that is their only option. Uh, they have nothing else going for them. Um, yeah. and again, I don't want to be one of those people. So, uh, just getting, you know, getting out of the way. Um, so people that still have the fire, uh, you know, can rank up and uh, keep propelling their careers. I'm not holding anybody else back. Uh, that was one reason. Uh, another reason is so family. So my um, my kids, so I've been very lucky. I've served in uh, two special duties almost back to back. Uh, So I'm an aircraft maintainer by trade. So anybody know aircraft maintenance, uh, pretty long hours, flight line, you know, 12, 14 hour days are pretty routine. Lots of TDYs, deployments, things like that. Pretty much a a grind and a lot of time away from family. Um, My kids really don't know that life because I've been back to back uh, special duties and my kids are still, my three kids are still pretty little. Um, At the end of next year, my special duty ends and I would, I would be, you know, kind of forced to go back to that, that career field, uh, which is the, you know, the normal process of um, special duties. you just go back to whatever your primary career field is. Um, and I don't think I could go back and put my family through that again. Like all of a sudden, you know, dad's not around anymore. They don't have any stability. You know, I'm doing the grind. I'm going TDY going uh, redeploying rede- uh, again. Um, Cause I did most of that stuff before they were born. And then I said, did the special duties and now I'd go back to that. So it pretty much uproot their whole, you know, stability at home. Uh, don't really have warm and fuzzy feelings about that. Um, another reason, you know, been dragging, uh, drag my family around for about, about the last like 10 years or so around different bases. So no, no extended family. We don't have any grandparents, any cousins, any anything, you know, to, they don't know any of their family. Uh, a lot of people are getting older, uh, in our families. And, um, time is running short with those, uh, with those people to have those experiences, have those memories, have the grandkids know their grandparents, things like that. Uh, and, you know, I'd be doing five, 10 more years away, uh, if I stayed in the military. So being able to go back, uh, put roots down somewhere, uh, around where their family is, around where the cousins are around, where their you know grandparents are, uh, so they can, you know, have, that stability of, a, you know, of an extended family, um, that we just haven't known yet in the last 15 years. So those are two Was that three reasons? Something I keep, like that. <laughs> I, I, I can keep going there. There's a lot of them. Um, yeah. but th- those, those are the main ones, uh, that are, are really driving me and other ones. Um, you know, the when, when you have that entrepreneurial spirit or that, that spark, like once it gets you in a bite and you get the venom in you, it, it's really hard to go back to uh, a job where you're, your potential or not your potential. What's the word I'm trying to think of, but um, you're kind of capped on what you can, you know, on what you can achieve in the military. It's very structured uh, as it should be. Yeah. Right. It's uh, you know, the, this rank, this responsibility and stuff like that. And this, this compensation, um, But once you get the entrepreneurial spirit and you realize that, you know, you can, if you have the potential and you have that ability to provide value, your compensation will be directly related to the amount of value you bring to the market, uh, whatever market you're in. Um, And it's essentially limitless, which is very not the military. Uh, The military is it it pays well, we have a ton of benefits. um, But it is it is capped, you're going to it's more of a a staircase, right, you're going to go you rank up a little bit, get an extra pay, get a couple extra benefits, a couple extra perks, and sit there for a couple of years. And if you're lucky, maybe three, four years, you go to the next one. Three, four years later, you go to the next one. So it's very structured, very regimented throughout somebody's career. And that works for a lot of people. Um, but if you have that entrepreneurial spark, it, it's really hard to, uh, to balance the two out. So
0: um, Yeah, and heaven forbid, that, you start having fun. good ideas about how to make things more efficient. Yes, like, you're like, Oh, we could just do everything on a Google Drive. Oh no, that sorry, that violates security rules. Yeah. Oh, we could just use Zoom, which translates to Calendly, which translates to like we could set up all our meetings in such a way that they're all automated at the same time every day. And it's like, nope. Like, all right. Um, well, we could continue <laughs> using this piece of paper that we write meetings on. Bingo. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's that's definitely the best solution.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah and yeah exactly. There's stuff like that where um those creators, those innovators are. Uh, it's good. I will say the air force is pretty good at that though. Um, right we do now. have, we do have a huge, uh, um, backing by our, by our leaders to be, to be innovative. Um, more, more, out more at a, uh, more out of a, a need of survival than anything else than, than just the drive to be innovative. It's like more coming from like, Hey, your budgets are getting cut by 30%, but your mission's not. So, you need to be innovative. Start thinking creatively. Um, but it's, it's really, uh, I would, I will say in the last few years, it has been pretty amazing. Uh, the airmen that have come up with stuff, we're giving a lot of voices to airmen these days, uh, to have their, their voices and their, their, uh, ideas heard uh, a lot of avenues, a lot of vehicles, um, like spark tanks and things like that. Um, so that, that has been pretty exciting to see. Uh, cause when I was, you know, when I was in E3 and I had all the fire and all the, the smart ideas, I, I was just told like "shut up," like, <laughs> a lot, like pretty much daily. <laughs> like, grab your toolbox, stop asking yeah. questions, and go fix that plane, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it, it, you know, it definitely the last like three or four years has been uh, pretty amazing to see uh, the the voice that airmen have now when it comes to uh, innovative ideas things like that and the abilities and the avenues that they have and the money and the resource they have just to vet out their ideas and see if they work. So I will say they got, we got that going for us.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely a big deal. Man, a lot of cool things going. It's cool to see where we've gone in the last, like what, three years? Yeah. I mean, we were both, you know, a couple Hanging doors. out in a
1: park in Kailua.
0: Yeah. A under a couple, under, under, uh, couple doors there. Yeah. That was about it. Yeah. It's been cr- pretty crazy. It's amazing, it's cool. Both going to be exiting the military at about the same time. Kind of yeah. similar plans, different trajectories, different niches, different paths. But uh, I think safe to say both achieve financial freedom in the military within in a, a very short amount of time. Fairly sure than amount, most yeah. people
1: could ever, you know, uh, you know, envision for themselves. Right? So usually, it's like the twenty years. If you're lucky, maybe by the time you're sixty, you'll be good. Uh, when did you buy
0: your first property?
1: Uh, 2010, I bought my, my first, uh, house, like my, um, single family house used the VA when I got to Travis Air Force Base. So uh, I bought my house in 2010 and flipped that in 2014. So I guess like my, my real estate investing
0: uh, started in like investing.
1: Yeah. It was like 20, uh, or no, I'm, I'm, my dates are all off here. It's all good. I bought the house in 2012, sold it in 2016. <laughs> so 2016 and 2018. So that's when I really, so 2016 was the the, the time. So four years, it took me yeah. like, when I realized real estate is going to be the way to go, I'm putting everything in that basket it was 2016. Um, yeah. Now four years later, I'm at, you know, by the end of the year, we'll be at 200 and I don't know, 40 doors.
0: Um, yeah, I closed my first duplex on December 28th of 2015. Yeah. So that's Cool. Yeah, I'm not at 200 doors, but I'm at enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. It's more doors and more just an ego number. Yeah. So. Well, and it depends on the structure, right? Like one yeah. door owned on your own, depending on financing, could cash flow a lot more than an average door for a syndication for 10 Absolutely. units. But it scales. Like it's, it's all, yeah. yeah, it's all totally lost in translation. It all varies so much. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I have a small ownership in a syndication. And per door, it makes me way less money, and it will make me way less money than per door I get on my little 10 unit. But in the grand scheme of things, per amount of money I put into it, it's going to do pretty dang well. So it's like, yeah, eh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Man, um, you guys are doing some cool stuff. I'm really excited to see where, where you are a year from now, two years from now. And obviously, you know, one of these days I'm going to bug you and come to the Bahamas because you never let me go fly with you in Hawaii because... Well, actually it wasn't your fault, but I'm going to blame you anyway. Um, That's Cause fine. I don't think, I, I don't think you actually got the license. Yeah. Like you were working on licensing and there were issues with an instructor or whatever, I think. Yep. And, and you weren't able to get the license until like the month before I left the island. <laughs> was like, yeah, it was, it was a huge
1: pain in the butt. Um, But we got through it now. yes, yeah, so I got my, uh, got my private. Um, I'm just working on my ratings, trying to get
0: all my ratings before I leave. Yeah. it's exciting, man. Cool. So I got a few questions I ask every guest and I know you've answered them before, but I'm curious to hear as things have shifted over the years. The first one is like, if an E one, E two is to come up to you, just asking for advice on, on finances or life or whatever, what would be like, what's the one thing you wish someone had told you when you were 18?
1: Oh man, get new friends. That was, uh, for me, I spent the first two years of the military, um, is there is there a statute of limitations on what what I said? I'm joking? <laughs> um, yeah, in the dorms, uh, uh, doing not so good things. Um,
0: yeah. The typical or, typical yeah. things. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, I, I joined right at eighteen. Um, so it took me took me to about twenty one to realize that the people I was hanging out with, or really almost twenty two, the real the people I was hanging out with were uh, just a bunch of losers. Um, you know, fun to hang out with but their lives were going absolutely nowhere and they were dragging me with them. Um, they were the kind of people that like, you, you get a cool idea and they were like, you know, that's stupid. Let's go drink. Like, and it's like a Tuesday at like, you know, three, um, <laughs> you know, three, 3 PM. They're like, let's go to the bar and just drink until, you know, they shut us down and go to work tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that, and, and, you know, when you're young, it's kind of fun. That's fun stuff, but, uh, definitely as you get older, um, you you start seeing that like, wow, this is, this is it. Like this is all this group uh, of people aspire to, to be, uh, and to go for, they have no, um, you know, no goals, no aspirations to do anything more than this. Just, just exist for beer money, uh, and to get through the weekend and and hopefully not be in the red by the end of the month. Um, cause we already weren't getting paid a whole lot, you know, back in, back, in, uh, you know, early 2000. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so get get shedding that group, uh, and for me, it was a forced uh, shedding of the group uh, by my commander because um, I was at the point where it was like you're you got one foot out the door, uh, you need to go do something else, and and for that they kind of uh, they told me to go to like honor guard, so I did base honor guard, and that was like my my probation type uh, thing at the time. Uh, which w- for them it was not really a punishment, but it was like we just need to get you out of this element that you're in and get you around, you know, a different group of people. And if you've ever done base on guard, you know what I'm talking about. It's one of the most yep. rewarding things I've ever done uh, in my career to this day, and was definitely the the nudge I needed uh, to to get to step back, look at my life, get, get give some perspective, and get around people that actually wanted to do things with their life, that had goals that you know go to college or. Uh, things like that, or, or go, go buy a house and uh, just literally anything other than partying um, it, or, or just life outside the middle. like, Oh, I'm going to come here going to get my degree. And then I'm going to go out and go be a, you know, whatever, a doctor or commission, come an officer, things like that. So uh, that would be the number one thing I would say is if you're looking at, uh, and I'm going to steal a quote from uh, Nipsey Hussle. Um, but it's like, if you're, if, you know, if you're looking at, you know, your group of friends uh, and they're not, you know, your circle of friends, right, and, and they're not uh, pushing you to uh, achieve your goals and to be a better version of yourself every day. Then, then you don't really have a you know a supportive group of friends. You have a cage. Uh, so something like that is what he is saying uh, ever yep. in in that quote. And I uh, I thought that was very transformational. I have it on my vision board at work, um, but it was very very important. So if yeah, you if you're looking at your group of friends and you now you 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 have aspirations to do bigger and better things. And they're not, and they're trying to convince you those, those goals are stupid, um, or they're not achievable and all that stuff. You know, what they're saying is really, um, I can't achieve those goals and I don't want to see you succeed. So I'm going to convince you that those goals are stupid. Uh, that's usually what's getting transmitted when, when your friends try to tell you that, uh, whatever you're excited about, whatever you're passionate about is not a good idea. Uh, they usually have insecurities about themselves. Uh, so they're going to try to convince you that that's a stupid idea and that you really don't want that anyway. Um, so that's what I've learned after, you know, 10 years of being an adult, I'm 32 now. So one of the things that, uh, that I, that I've learned, so is definitely get around a better group of people, um, that, that share your passions that will motivate you, that will push you, uh, hold you accountable. If you say you're going to do something, um, cause those people are going to excel, at breakneck speeds. Um, just not just in their careers, but at just at life in general.
0: I like it. Yeah, that's good. It's very good. And it's definitely helped me a lot in life. Getting rid of some of those knuckleheads for sure. Uh, resources, what kind of resources would you recommend to anybody looking to get started in real estate or just personal development in general? I know, obviously we talked about Think thinking grow rich, but, um, <laughs> You have any books, courses, websites, whatever that you would recommend?
1: So many. Um, <laughs> let me think. I got a stack right here. I just took out of my bag. Um, a bunch, and it's. I'm getting to the point for professional development where I've read most of like the top 100 list. Um, and you're realizing there's there, there are tools, and there's going to be a t- a different tool for a different problem you have in your life at that moment. Um, and what that you know what, what I'm saying with that is like you got to find. Identify, be honest with yourself, identify the problem you're having, and then go find a book or a resource that will solve that problem. And then also realize that you might have a similar problem where the same book or same resource can help you a different way years later. Uh, so you, when you find a good book or, or find a good resources, it's not one of the things that, especially professional development, it never stops. It's an everyday thing. Um you might find something where you read a book and it was good when you're 20 and you go read that same book when you're 23 and you read that same book when you're 27. And each time you read it, you're pulling different things out of it. Um, and just different aha moments that just like, wow, I didn't see that the first three times because I'm a different person than I was, uh, back then. So specifically, uh, you know, I already plugged the Ryan holiday books. Um, man, if this, uh, especially, uh, military people, um, the, this series here, uh, especially the ego is the enemy, man. If, if you want to be an effective, uh, you know, NCO, um, and, and build effective teams. I think that's one of the best books I've, uh, I've read recently in the last few years. Um, also, uh, what do I got here? Stephen Covey, seven habits of highly effective people. I'm
0: literally rereading that right now.
1: Yeah. This is, again, this own, is yeah. one that you're going to want to reread, uh, several times. Um, I'm just gonna go down. My, I I literally have a stack here because I just did a <laughs> uh, professional development um, uh, seminar at work, and I just grabbed a bunch of books off my shelf. So, uh, wow. Rich Dad's Cash Flow Quadrant. So this is the follow up to you know Rich Dad Poor Dad. Um, absolute uh, vital uh, to to understanding you know a, a, the the way you should be going about your your wealth creation. Um, cashflow quadrant is an awesome book there. Uh, top three of all time. Dale Carnegie's how to win friends and influence people. Uh, this is one of those books where you have to reread it, you know, at, uh, once a year, once every other year. Uh, absolutely. Every time you read this book, you just need to need the refresher. You're going to pull something new out of it every time. Uh, yeah. How to win friends and influence people. What else I got? The one thing, I'm sure you've plugged this a couple times. Uh, you know this book is absolutely awesome uh for being effective and efficient um what do we talk about here we got the miracle morning talked about that uh Elrods, this is like there's no excuse like you're, those people that say you're not a book reader this book is like 80 pages long yeah you can so read short. this in like you know they, we're right now it's sunday afternoon 10 a.m. i could finish this by like dinner time yeah um if i wanted to uh and
0: it's an easy read too
1: yeah um, and I and think there's like just life. one page you can pretty much just sum it up. Just go to the scribes, you know, checklist and like, oh, okay. Um, so, so you can read <laughs> in like two minutes. Uh, what's another going on? So if you're, you're talking about, you know, understanding that most uh, millionaires and, and financially independent people don't rely on one stream of income, that's a foundational uh, truth that they live by is uh, you need to have multiple streams of income, uh complementary if possible. So when I mean, we were talking earlier about being vertically integrated and have complementally uh complementary businesses. Um most very successful people understand that and they intentionally build uh those multiple streams of income. Uh so if one gets cut off, they're still good to go. Um and you don't never want to get too tied to one one stream of income. Um like for us, you know, the military, that's one stream of income. Uh we don't want to just cause then I'll come back to that in a second, but the honeybee it's is uh, an absolute uh, awesome read. This is actually by my my mentors, Jake and Gino. Uh, wrote this book, and it's all about building those multiple streams of income uh, to achieve uh, to to achieve fire, to achieve that financial independence. Um, and, and if you do it intentionally and you focus and cut out all the clutter in your life, you can achieve it. So you can achieve that financial independence so quickly, so quickly than you can even imagine. Like I said, we're I started four years ago and most people in our, our life and our generations on like a 40 year retirement plan, you know, and these people that I see do it, um, you know, five, six, eight years, uh, you know, and have a whole lifetime left to live on their terms, uh, where they don't have to punch a clock, uh, because they were yeah. intentional and focused laser focused for just a short amount of time. Um, were able to, you know, pretty much save their entire lives, um, from having to punch a clock. Um, Man, more richest man in Babylon. Do you plug that one yet? It's a, good it's a great, again, easy read. Um, no, nothing, uh, nothing too crazy, but it's good. Just a good reminder of getting you in the right mindset. Uh, I will say that the first, if you have problems with spending money, the first half of this book is really good. Uh, I pretty much disagree with almost everything Dave Ramsey says about investing. Uh, <laughs> So, He's but great when great for getting
0: com- you from negative to zero, yeah, but yeah, then when
1: it comes to budgeting, point. you know, if you, if you lack the discipline, um, or just don't know how to budget, um, or have debt, uh, you know, his stuff is really, really good. Um, on, on that, I can just keep going, just.
0: Four-hour work week. I feel like we covered a lot, but yeah, four-hour work week is a good one. I see traction back there. You've got some good books up on your shelf. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Never stop learning. That's
1: that's a thing. Never stop learning, never stop reading. Uh, and then always like understand that if you have a good book, um like go revisit it a couple years. Uh, you're gonna find something different at it. You know, books and all those things are just tools. Uh and you know, use them and use them to solve problems. And you might have the same problem or a similar problem different years later. Uh, pick the book up, reread it again. Uh, you're going to find something new um, to, so- to help solve your problem.
0: I agree. Yeah, that's awesome. In fact, it's funny because a lot of these books that you mentioned are books that I read when I first started getting into, you know, personal development. And I've been doing a lot of cycling. I'm training for like this Ironman or whatever. And so I have re what i'll do is it's kind of hard to hear every word if i'm going too fast on the bike so i don't want to listen to like yeah. a new book so i'm just listening to old books that i need to read again and in the last month i reread richest man in babylon miracle morning how to win friends and influence people seven habits of highly highly effective people so it's just funny because it's like a lot of these books are like oh yeah i literally just finished reading that again for the second or third or i read rich dad poor dad for like the seventh time um you know just like uh yeah, definitely worth revisiting some of these books for sure. Where can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out, Vince? I know you got an active multifamily Facebook group now, but, you know, is that the best spot? Where, where should people reach out?
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, the Honolulu Multifamily and More Facebook group. Um, that's mainly about multifamily investing. Uh, that's a good group on Facebook. Uh, we have our website, tricityequity.com. Um, Is a good spot. If you want to hit our main page, it's gonna uh or main email, it's gonna be connect at tricityequity.com. Um, or you can just uh email me. Uh I still use my villainautics, vincent at uh villainautics.com, V-I-L-L-A-N-A-U-T-I-C-S.com. We got a cool commercial on there too, promo video. Should watch that on the on the Tri City Equity. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We had a, a guy out here do some some footage for us. It was a pretty fun little project.
0: I'll have to go check that out. Yeah. It'd be cool. It's pretty. Dude, cool. I'm excited about what's happening. We're gonna have to stay in touch as we go through the Skillbridge thing, and we'll have to like find some way to collaborate on like some videos or something where we walk through like because we have like hopefully the exact same timeline. Like it sounds yeah. like our EAS is mine's October 10th um, they're, they're fairly close. Yeah. Mine. And if
1: I, if everything goes uh, aligned, I'll be like
0: mid November next year. So, yeah. So we should be rolling out around the same time. So pretty cool. Excited to see what that, how that works out for you. And, and for me, um, it's always a pleasure, man. Thanks for joining me again today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll
0: just... Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show, give us a review on iTunes, now get out there and take action.